0: are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Pastors Wade Lentz and Harold Smith are your hosts, and now, let's get started.
1: Hello and welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. It's so good for you to join us today. I am the co-host Harold Smith, the pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church, and I'm always excited when I get to sit down with my good friend and fellow co-host.
0: Wade Lentz, I'm pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Bologna, Arkansas. How are you doing, Harold?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I've got a good cup of coffee. Actually, I think it's my third cup of coffee, but they were all three good, so it's been a good morning.
0: <laughs> good, good. Hey, you know what? Uh, there's some big news if you if you follow the SBC and if you are in that circle and you know you and I both are former SBC pastors so we still have a lot of uh, interest in the happenings uh, in the SBC world. did you hear last night that Russell Moore he, who is the president of the ERLC of the SBC resigned and is taking a position of some sort in the Christianity Today magazine?
1: Yes, uh, that's, that's big news. That, that's that's big news because if you're not familiar, Russell Moore has been a source of contention within the Southern Baptist Convention for quite some time. So a lot of people have pushed for his removal, uh, not just in the last year, but really in the last, I would say, three or four years. You've heard a big, you know, just a just a swelling push to either rein him in, you know, some form of, you know corrective, you know, disciplinary action, and so for him just to unexpectedly announce his departure, which I think is telling because Christianity today is clearly more liberal by and large as the, than the Southern Baptist Convention is. It would clearly be a transition from him to a more liberal position, more liberal institution, if you will, and I, I think a lot of people have accused him of that, and so his departure, I think, really lends credibility to all those claims. What do you think, Wade?
0: I, I think, I think it does too. I think the SBC overall will be better without him. So long as his replacement is not a Russell Moore, you know, number two type person. But, uh, uh when it came to conservative things, he was silent. And when it came to some liberal riots, you could tell that he, um, you know, we wouldn't say he was a Democrat, but we would say that he was a democrat sympathizer you know he was very adamant about being a never trumper
1: he he actually was a intern for a democrat congressman of some kind I, I don't remember all the exact details but that is part of his resume yes and um, yeah he's clearly you know we had multiple riots from from blm supporters and and uh Uh, Antifa and never a word. And then as soon as we had the Capitol Hill riots, it was an unrelenting just tirade of how wrong this was. And so, you know, silence speaks volumes, they say. And it was clear from Russell Moore's silence and what he was vocal about that he just didn't share the sentiments of most Southern Baptists. And I want to say something here. You don't have to agree with me. This is purely the opinion of Harold Smith, but we must remember who put him in this position. his biggest supporter his the, the guy that he is owes his rise to to fame and leadership to is Albert moeller and mm-hmm. Albert Moeller had to have known years ago when when he was grooming uh, Russell Moore for this position he had to have known uh, that there was going to be that, that these were some of his sentiments. And he, it didn't bother him one bit to recommend him to the position. And it also needs to be noted that Albert Moeller is running for president of the Southern Baptist Convention. So if he if he rises to that position, he very well could put another just like uh, Dr. Moore in position. So
0: It would be one thing if he would have uh, come out against Russell Moore and said, hey, I know I supported him at the beginning, but he is not who I thought he was. But Dr. Moeller has not said one thing. Uh, and in, he knows, Dr. Moeller knows that Russell Moore has been a cancer to the SBC. And so why not address it? Why not confront it and cut it out? And, or at least distance yourself from uh, yeah. Russell Moore. Well, Dr. Moeller has not done that. And I, I don't know if he said anything this morning concerning uh, Russell Moore's departure. That would be telling, you know, what he tweets about.
1: Well, he's he's a great politician, Al Moeller is, and he will come up with the right thing to say at the right time. But just as we said earlier that silence speaks volumes, Dr. Moeller's silence toward Russell Moore should speak volumes to Southern Baptist and, and they should weigh that in when they pick their next president. He has been a very, I'm talking about Dr. Mueller, has been a very influential and powerful leader within the convention. And by and large on these issues, he has set silent until they have reached boiling point levels. And I think real leadership doesn't wait for things to boil over. Real leadership sees things heating up and tries to adjust the temperature before they get out of hand. Muller, I know is capable of doing that. For some reason or another, he's just chose not to with this instance. So, right, man, right. we've given five minutes to this or more. I don't know <laughs> when we started, but
0: let's and talk. we could talk. We could talk a lot more about this. Oh, we, we
1: could. We could do an episode on it two weeks down the road when it's not hot news anymore. It wouldn't be of any benefit to anybody. That's right.
0: Speaking about silence or silencing, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Is the cancel culture. And the church's commission. A few years ago, I would have never known what cancel culture is. And uh, it's a relatively new definition, new term that's being used. But, you know, what that is, and most of our listeners already know what that is that's the silencing of those uh, that they don't agree with or the suppression of those they don't agree with. Um, our Facebook page has been, uh, you know, attacked here lately and they try to cancel our Facebook page. Um, but maybe the biggest example of cancel culture and the most awful definition would be the president of the United States, or former president of the United States, Donald Trump. You know, here's a guy who was the 45th president, but is banned from all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all, all those things, and... That's just crazy. That's that's the world we're living in, and so this cancel culture is trying to silence the voices of conservatism, of Christianity. If you hold to biblical biblical values, if you are a constitutional loving patriot, then you're going to be suppressed in in your reach on Facebook. And so what's what's the church's charge to that?
1: Well, let's talk about cancel culture for just a little bit longer. I, I want to get into the, the Christian commission. I want to talk about that. But let's just fathom for just a moment that we are the country of religious freedom and free speech. You know, And we have, in this land of the free, developed a culture where if I don't like what you're saying, you're not allowed to say it. If I disagree with what you believe spiritually about a higher being, I have the right to, to turn you off and not just turn you off from me hearing you, but turn you off from anybody else hearing you. Right. That's what cancel culture is. I, look, if you don't like what Wade and I are saying, just reach up there on your electronic device and push the mute button. Or turn us completely off. Don't ever listen again. That's completely within your right, and I respect that. And look, I'm not for everybody. I, I get that. You know, there's only one woman on the earth that was even, consider marrying me, and, and praise the Lord, I found her. I understand that. <laughs> but your right to say nobody should hear you, especially when Christians and conservatives we're not espousing Nazi views. We're not espousing things that are dangerous to humanity. We're just being shut off because people are being offended. That's cancel culture, and that that should never happen in this country. And the fact that politicians are okay with that, I mean, Democrats should have rose up and said, wait a minute, we don't like Donald Trump. You know, orange man bad, but... He is an American citizen. He does have a platform. He he was elected by you know a majority of the people to a four-year term. He has a right to make his voice known. But what we saw was not only Democrats saying that Trump shouldn't talk. We saw a lot of Republicans saying Trump shouldn't talk. Right. Anytime we allow somebody in our culture to determine what can and cannot be said, we're in trouble, Wade. Mm-hmm. We're in big trouble.
0: Yes. But we're, we're seeing this play out before our eyes and it's it's hard to see it and it it, what it does it just for me it really makes me upset makes me mad and um and, and it should because you know you're suppressing a a great number of people in our country
1: here's the thing in spite of what culture does and culture changes on whims the word of god never changes and there is such a push today to declare everything in God's word, well, not everything, but so many commands of God's word to declare them, well, that's a cultural practice. Uh, The the husband, you know, having the, uh, the male being the pastor of the church, well, that was just a cultural practice. No, that was not a cultural practice that goes all the way back to the home, to the design of male and female husband and wife. These are not cultural practices of the new Testament or old Testament times. These are commands of God. And so when it comes to the Christian's commission, which we call it the Great Commission, you shall be witnesses unto me, and we know this famous passage, we're to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, and the Samaria, the undermost parts of the world. The church, and more explicitly, I don't want to just say church, because if I say church, Christians will get the idea, that's my pastor's job. He's the pastor of the church. But the Christian's commission, It is the individual believer's commission to take the gospel that he professes and believes and basically stakes his eternity on. He's to take that message and share that with those who have not received it or believed it or heard it. And we're living in a day where cancel culture says, we're not going to play your your sermons on Sermon Audio, or not Sermon Audio, on Facebook. We're not going to allow this kind of message to go out. We're going to deem this hate speech. So in cancel culture, Christianity is being suppressed, but the commission of the Christian to go out and share the message does not apply to what culture deems proper or not. So the Christian must carry on. And I would say not just do what he's been doing, but it's time for Christians to turn up the volume. What do you think, Wade?
0: Yeah, I I think you're spot on. I, I think that churches, Christians need to toughen up, you better grow your backbone because if they'll, if they'll silence the president of the United States, they'll silence you. They will try to silence your church. And if you do not grow some courage and some boldness about you, you're going to get ran over. And that's, that's not, uh, what God's called us to be. God has not called us to be soft, effeminate, christians right think about this in philippians chapter 2 paul said of epaphroditus that he was my fellow worker and my fellow soldier listen the church yes needs both we're called to be both but sadly we've majored on the work but we've minored on what it means to be a good soldier in god's army yeah we may be busy in our work, but we've become soft. We've become so easily offended, and we have no backbone to stand up and, uh, and to contend for the, for the faith of the gospel. And, and what was it that Paul told Timothy? He said, you are to en- endure hardship, hardship or suffering as a what? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many pastors today are discipling their congregation to be soldiers? We're we're training them to be workers in the church. That's great. But we're not training them to have a holy courage about them and a holy boldness about them to take a stand in the midst of a very difficult world.
1: We we have churches with manicured lawns but not militant leaders. And that's really the difference, Wade. I was thinking about what you were saying we have a large number of preachers within the evangelical community who would say, well, I don't want to offend anyone. We want to be welcoming of all people. And this is becoming a trend amongst what were once, you know, proudly Christian, biblically sound churches are now becoming uh, so watered down and so void of any kind of doctrine. So as not to be offensive. Mm -hmm. And so I guess what I'm saying when, in light of cancel culture, where the world is turning their back on Christianity and they they already do not have ears to hear or eyes to see, they're, they're lost, the Christian it can be real tempted just to quit and go, well, you know, it's just not popular. Let's just go huddle up in the corner and, and be quiet and let's not be offensive and let's just trust the Lord to save those and add to the church daily such as should be saved. Actually, sir, it's the exact opposite. If the world puts their fingers in their ears, you preach louder. And I was talking to a pastor this morning before we, we, we started our podcast, and I was telling him about our topic, and he said, I think that's great, Harold. He said, but would you flesh out a little bit about what you mean by, and, you know, turning up the volume? And I, I said, yes, I, I think pastors ought to preach more. I think we ought to look for more opportunities to teach. Because I firmly believe we're coming to a time in, in American history, barring some great change, where our opportunities to preach may be reduced, just as it's being reduced in Canada. I mean, we have saw four pastors arrested and in, in, in jailed, put in jail in the last month.
0: Yeah, and and right. the
1: crime, not wearing a mask when they preached or having more than 15 people in their congregation now we we can't fathom the the idea of a church only being allowed to have 15 people in the congregation these pastors broke that and one of them said in solitary confinement for over a month yeah for that crime so we ought to preach more we ought to we ought to look for opportunities to to teach more maybe maybe do something other than Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. Maybe we ought to have a breakfast for men on Saturdays, or maybe maybe the women ought to have a Bible study, you know, once a month on this or that. Or we ought to look for opportunities to pour more of the Word of God into our people to prepare them to go into the world. And here's the other big, big, I think the big emphasis, social media. It is very tempting to me because we have a church social media page. Lee Creek Baptist page, I think, has 350 followers. I can make a post on there. It will be seen by six people. Hmm. Out of 350 that say, hey, I want information and updates from Lee Creek, six people or four people will see a post. That is Facebook not allowing my post to go to the 350 people. Now, I understand technically there's reasons for that. But here's what I get from Facebook: If you will give us ten dollars, you can reach two thousand people. If I share the exact same post on my own personal uh, page, I will I will reach thousands of people, and I, I don't have a, a thousand friends on Facebook. And and that's cancel culture. So it's real tempting to say, well, I'm just going to back off social media. That's not the solution. I need to increase my presence on social media. If I'm going to get kicked off social media, it needs to be because I'm sharing the gospel, not because I'm picking fights and arguing with idiots. Yeah. So preach more, share in social media more, because that's where people are. We need to evangelize society. We need to start having conversations at at restaurants and at coffee shops and, and ball games, anywhere people are gathered. I don't mean stand up with a megaphone and yell at them, but just have conversations about what do you believe about God? What do you believe about Christ? What's your church history? And answer some questions and have honest dialogue. And then I really think churches need to take a look at their missions and I'll pick up the pace here. I know I'm kind of rambling on. A lot of times churches have been supporting the same missionary for 50 years. Mm -hmm. or same mission caused for 50 years. It may be time to look and see if those missions that were once carrying your values are still carrying your values. Churches have a bad habit of just getting complacent, doing the same thing over and over. And what I've discovered is a lot of men that 10 years ago I thought were solid now would be what I would consider woke and, and completely in disagreement with with where we are as a culture and where we are in Christianity. So just to recap, preach more, be active on social media, be engaged in in personal evangelism, and then look at where your mission dollars are going and making sure they're carrying the same message you're carrying. Mm -hmm. What what would you add to that, Wade?
0: Yeah, I I would agree. As As you talk about being more active on social media, someone asked me a few years ago, "Well, would the Apostle Paul have a Facebook account or a Twitter account? Well, I can't answer, obviously, uh, you know, with total confidence, but I really believe that if it was available, he would because that's where the people are. Think about Facebook has one billion members. One billion members. We don't live in a world where we go to the marketplace every Saturday to buy our fruits and vegetables. We don't live in a world where we go and preaching the synagogues where all the uh, folks would hang out Uh, people are on social media if you hate it or love it that's where people are and so yes it's a great tool to combat the culture and share the gospel somebody's going to read your post somebody's going to read a scripture verse or a biblical principle that you've you know, gained through reading scripture. So I agree. I think it's very important. They want you, they want the church to ease back. They want the Christians to ease back. And I I tell my church, hey, we need to be resistors and not, not rebellious. There's a difference between rebellion and resisting. We need to take a stand and don't let them intimidate us just like our Facebook page a couple of weeks ago. Wow. They put uh, one particular post just went viral, but sadly it went viral in the uh, perverted circle of the Facebook world. And we started getting all kinds of vile perverted comments and it was just awful. But what they tried to do was intimidate us to take the post down, to take our, uh, completely just cancel our Facebook page, but Hey, we didn't do it and it's still up and they have for now left us alone.
1: Right. And you you know, you you make a great point. You know, Paul disputed daily in the marketplace. Paul went to the synagogues. Paul went to where the people are. Mm -hmm. We live in a society that is becoming more and more reclusive People aren't going out like they used to. They're not They're not in public places like they used to. People go home and they they don't want you to come knock on their door. The door. The days of the door-to-door <laughs> soul winner, I mean, the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witness have ruined that for anybody right. that wanted to get involved in it. I'm not saying somebody wouldn't get saved that way. I'm just saying, by and large, that is a very culturally unacceptable practice today, but Social media is the culturally acceptable place, and and Paul went where the people were. We ought to go where the people were. And don't, don't re, Christian, rather than just filling your Facebook up with pictures of grandma's taco salad, why why don't you share a post that would be spiritually enriching to someone? Mm-hmm. And you know Romans 10's very clear: How shall they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And I got really convicted about this. I mean, here I am sitting with, you know, 800 or some odd friends, and all I'm doing is posting pictures of deer I shot and fish I caught, you know. And I thought, these guys really don't need to see another picture of me in a crappie. They need to see a picture of who the Jesus Christ of the Bible is. And you don't have to berate people, but that ought to be part of your social media presence, I feel like, as a believer. Our social media ought to reflect who we are as a person.
0: Absolutely, and it it goes for not only our um, individual uh, Facebook pages. I, I would challenge churches' Facebook pages to to do more than just "Hey, come to our services," but counter the culture from that platform. Normally, a church's platform is bigger than anyone's individual platform, and um, so I would encourage you. Because through your courage, you're going to encourage somebody else right. to be courageous, and that's what we need to to spread around is just more uh, courage to take a stand a a not as I said in a in a hateful way, but in a loving way, take a stand for what is right.
1: Yeah, I would encourage churches to hold conferences outside of just their normal, um, congregational service times, I would encourage churches to, um, do something similar like took place in, in central Arkansas, where you have people come in speak on a specific topic. I know you hosted a conference there at Barrel for, um, um, Grace Bible Theological Seminary and, and mm-hmm. Jeffrey Johnson and those guys there. And that was held at your church building. But, Those types of conferences not only educate your own people, but they educate Christians in other churches that may not be getting any of this information. And so we we never want to usurp the authority of another pastor or interfere with another church's service, but we really ought to make available to Christians at large what's going on. And that's not going to occur if we just meet on Sundays and Wednesdays. So I would encourage people to, hold maybe a Saturday meeting when I talk about preaching more social media is not the end all be all people are still engaged by individual sermons from individual pastors you know preached in small group settings and so I would encourage pastors to do that I would encourage Christians to engage in in social media of some way but we can't sit behind a, a a laptop and think we're evangelizing the world it's still requires us to have personal conversations. If you are afraid of sharing your faith with other Christians, you better get over that fear now because it's going to become illegal in a few years if we continue at the trajectory we're on.
0: That's right. Well, man, it's, it's been a great podcast. I've enjoyed talking about this subject because it's uh, it's such a relevant issue that, uh, that we as individuals are facing and and churches are going to face this as well and uh, we better prepare our church to face it. Yes. But uh, anyway, until next time, thank you for listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. God bless.